You know, in 2010, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation declared 2010 to 2020 the decade of vaccines. And that's when they were determined to give every child. Um, there's an organization in the U.S. called Every Child by Two, meaning that they need to get multiple doses of 10 vaccines by the time they're two years of age. And the decade of vaccines was to make sure that this really happened. And why does this happen? It's because of the side effects short of autism that's clear out here or death are asthma, allergies, eczema, ADD, ADHD, insulin dependent diabetes, all kinds of bowel diseases, all kinds of neurological complications, um, seizure disorders, dis- mental disabilities, um, uh, and then um, insulin-dependent diabetes, cancer, 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 cancer. It's to make children are nothing more than a product to them. And it's, yes, about the money, but more than just the money on, of itself on the front end, it's to make them be a customer for life. Yeah. So if you get these children chronically ill, by the time they're two to three years of age, insulin-dependent diabetes, um, ADD, ADHD, heart disease, liver conditions, renal failure, all of these things, then their parents will do anything to make to try to get them better, which the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry really has no intent of getting you better. It's they are there. The doctors are there to manage your disease, mm-hmm. not to get you well and get you off of those drugs. It's to manage your disease and manage your drugs. And the more side effects you have from the drugs you're on, the more drugs that you get. So the idea from the pharmaceutical industry perspective was, well, instead of just now we've got customers that are 40, 50, and 60 years old that need blood pressure medications and maybe surgeries and stuff like that, let's start young. Let's start capturing these children at one or two years of age and make them break their immune systems, crush them so that they will always be a customer for life for one of our products. That is the goal. And, you know, it's I hope everybody is really hearing, you know, what's what's being said right now. I mean, this is not about health. This is not about improving health. Uh, this is a scam. Uh, it, it is so criminal and diabolical. I uh, hardly have words for it. Jail life in prison would be too good for these people. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is an osteopathic medical doctor, an educator, an internationally sought-after speaker, and frequent guest on radio and TV. She is the author of the book, Saying No to Vaccines, a resource guide for all ages, as well as a contributing author to several other books, including Food and Nutrients in Disease Management. Dr. Tenpenny is a leading advocate for vaccine education and has devoted over 20 years to research, document, and expose the harms associated with vaccines. She is dedicated to educating parents on why they should just say no to vaccines. She's also the founder of the Tenpenny Integrative Medical Center, a clinic located near Cleveland, Ohio, which provides a natural, holistic approach to getting well and getting off prescription medication. In 2021, Dr. Tenpenny created a webinar whereby she educates people on the 20 mechanisms of injuries, how COVID-19 injections can make you sick or even kill you. 
We are so grateful that Dr. Tenpenny is a voice of reason in these critical times and that she is able to share her wealth of knowledge with us. This interview was pre-recorded, so I invite you to sit back, make yourselves comfortable as we enjoy the conversation between Tanya and Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Well, thank you, Heather. It's um, so good to have you on the show, Dr. Tenpenny. I've, you and I have met a couple of times. I've had the honor and privilege of being on the happy hour. Uh, you are a, a woman of such incredible faith. I've been inspired by you. And uh, I know that, you know, our viewers and many people are just so grateful for the work that you've been doing. Uh, the last three years of uh, so-called COVID have uh, been devastating to many, but early on, you um, already had a very good idea that this was an agenda and that it was going to be causing a whole lot of harm. So you you started speaking out very early, and you started uh, talking, uh, you know, about the consequences of the jab. And then through this, and I know through listening to other interviews that I've heard, is that Throughout your um, history as a child, you weren't in a family that had been vaxxed. You went to medical school. There wasn't a lot of conversation about it. Uh, through medical school, as uh, we were talking uh, pre-show, uh, and maybe we'll start the show off with that, and we'll talk about uh, how many uh, vaccines, uh, immunizations, typically a child used to have and where we're at today. Uh, they're wanting to vax from cradle to grave and the pharmaceutical companies are making a whole lot of money. And I think the one positive thing, and I think it's, there's not many positives to come out of this whole uh, um, pandemic, the scandemic, but the one positive thing is it's caused us to look at our government with different um, eyes and it's caused us to look at the pharmaceutical companies with different eyes and different knowledge and understanding and wisdom and, uh, to really put into perspective that they don't have our best interest at heart and that they're in a money making business. And that seems to be that's all that's important to them. So I just want to hand the floor over to you. Let's have a bit of a conversation, um, you know, about the immunizations and where we're at. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate being here today. Um, just in brief, you know, I grew up in a chiropractic family that my grandfather, my father, three uncles and two cousins were chiropractors. And that's how I wanted to be an osteopath. And, you know, American trained osteopaths are medical doctors. They have every prescription, they have every right, every privilege. They do everything from a medical doctor. But at being an osteopath, that means you also have the ability to do musculoskeletal medicine, similar to, but not identical to a chiropractor. So an osteo American trained osteopath, because I know osteopaths are different in Canada and the UK and Australia and France and places like that. But American trained osteopathic physicians are medical doctors. They're an M they're equivalent to an MD. And I always say it's like an MD plus because we do, we've got all the training that an MD does, but we also have all the training that a chiropractor does, even though our techniques are a little bit different. So growing up with that, um, I was not vaccinated as a kid. My dad was like, nope, we're not doing that. Uh, and when I was born, it was about the time that the um, polio vaccine was coming out. And so many, uh, so many reports in the chiropractic literature was showing that kids were getting, were becoming paralyzed from the shot. So he, my mom and my dad said, we're not going to do that. And so I, I'm one of the probably rare people <laughs> in, you know, in my age group that has never had any vaccines at all. And so it's, um, it's just it's just the way that it is. And I'm so grateful for that because I think I'm super healthy because of it. Um, 
And then I got involved in the vaccine industry, per se, because I went to a conference in September of 2000 and attended the National Vaccine Information Center meeting in Washington, D.C. And I spent four days listening to doctors and lawyers and parents of unvaccinated kids, parents of severely vaccine injured children, um, scientists uh, for four days, listening to them talking about problems with vaccines. And I thought, I don't know much about that. I really, by that time, I graduated from medical school in 1985. Um, this was September of 2000. So 15 years later, I had been the director of a level two trauma center as an emergency medicine physician for 12 years. I started my clinic in Cleveland doing holistic medicine and integrative medicine in 1996. I thought, how did I miss this? I better go home and take a look into that. So when I went home, I thought, well, I'll start with the CDC documents. Let's see what they have to say. And when I started reading the papers, I said, this is really not good. I mean, there's nothing of substance here. So maybe I ought to read a little bit more. Well, a little bit more means I've spent now the last 23 years looking at problems associated with vaccines. I've, I stopped counting around 45 or 50,000 hours worth of time that I put into it. I, it's pretty much my my calling, my God's advocate, advocacy program that he put on me. He said, here, take this and run with it. And um, about the only time that I'm not talking about vaccines or something to do that's related to that scenario is when I'm seeing patients, because I still see patients one day a week, one day on Wednesday, every other week in the office. And when I'm asleep, other than that, this is what I'm doing, Put it, getting out there the information, showing people that vaccines are not safe. They've never been proven to be safe. They don't keep you from getting sick and they definitely cause harm. You know, when I graduated from medical school in 1984, and started in the practice of medicine in emergency medicine in 1985, there were only three vaccines. There was only measles, mumps, and rubella. There was only DPT, which is diphtheria, pertussis, and um, tetanus, and polio. So there were only, in each one of those, like like measles, mumps, and rubella, that's three three vaccines in one injection. Diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, that's three vaccines in one injection. And the polio vaccine has three viruses in it. So you are getting about nine antigens injected into your body. And now fast forward to where we are. So we didn't really talk about it much. There wasn't much to say. They certainly weren't talking about any problems or they weren't talking about any injuries. We didn't know anything about the ingredients and only the kids in my class that were interested in pediatrics were paying much attention to what was happening with vaccines. But now fast forward to where we are today and we now have children now get multiple doses of 16 or 17 vaccines, depending on how you count them. And they get over 200 antigens injected. Remember, I said in 85, there were nine. And now there's more than 200. Um, In America, on the American schedule, if they get every shot, they will get um, 72 doses of vaccine by the time they're 18. And they will have had almost 13 milligrams, milligrams of aluminum injected and over 500 milligrams of of 500 micrograms of, of mercury. Because the aluminum is, they, when they started taking the mercury out of the shots, they replaced it with aluminum. So it's a lot. It's really this, a lot. This is, 
This is terrifying, right? And and parents, you know, they, um, myself included, I have two kids, they're 27 and 29 now. And it was when they were uh, young, it was just at that point where parents were starting to wonder. Um, but I don't remember anybody really discussing it with me. And it was the thing to go in and have your child immunized. Terenzio, could you bring up the uh, graph so that people could see the chart? And just so that you can get a visual of what this looks like. So in, uh, in Canada, the shots were were, uh, I think it was, yeah, four doses. And um, you look at that in the 1950s and take a look in 2022. Uh, this image is from Vaccine Choice Canada. And we've been informed that you can take that 72 doses and add 36 more doses of the COVID shot. And then, Trenzio, if you could go to Dr. Tenpenny's chart. And Dr. Tenpenny, if you can explain uh, what this is. Yeah, this comes from UNICEF and the World Health Organization, and it says on here, by 2030, the immunization agenda aims to reduce by 50% the number of children missing out on vaccines to achieve 90% coverage of essential vaccines, which they consider all of them essential for childhood and adolescence, and introduced 500 new vaccines in low and middle income countries that's put out by the immunization agenda for 2030. There's IA 2030, you know, all of the artificial intelligence 2030, and it's sponsored by the world health organization. So it's vaccination. There's a book that was written maybe 10, 15 years ago. Now it was called vaccination nation. And I think that that's where we are. And, you know, it's interesting that the World Health Organization still calls it immunization. I've spent 23 years trying to eliminate that word from vocabulary because we are not immunizing anything. Immunizing by definition means to make something immune and makes it so so, protected from getting those infection. What we're doing is vaccinating. We're injecting foreign matter into our bodies and somehow thinking that magically does good things for us. It's vaccinating. It's not immunizing. We're not taking our kids to get them immunized. We're taking them to be injected with foreign matter called vaccinating. Mm -hmm. And that's causing them a great deal of harm. I know that I've seen um, other charts. And for instance, uh, what was it in 1980, there was something like one in 10,000 children, one in 10,000 would have autism. And then the last chart I have is, I think it's one in, by 2016, one in 36 children have autism. And that's a side, it's how many? One in 31 in in the U.S. I mean, If this just doesn't terrify parents with all of the autoimmune and um, other ailments that children are having, we should have a complete stop on all immunizations uh, of children. And you're living proof. I know many people whose parents chose not to have them uh, given the jab when they were children. (laughs) Yeah, vaccinated. Vaccinated. And... Yeah. And so that's why I say the one thing good that's come out of COVID is the fact that this is causing us to question all things big pharma and, uh, you know, to question every initiative that the government has. And when you were just showing when the chart was up regarding the UN backed uh, vaccines 500, we know the big uh, scandal that took place with Bill Gates to eliminate eliminate polio, because a lot of people that will say, oh, you anti-vaxxers, oh, now you're saying you don't want to have uh, children vaccinated. They'll say, what about polio? Where would kids be if they didn't have the polio vaccine? So will you address that, please? Yeah, almost everybody that's new to this topic always starts with what about polio and what about smallpox? 
which means when they start with that, it tells me they're they are at ground zero, meaning they know nothing. They've never mm-hmm. spent any time at all looking into the conversation. They've never understood anything about what's going on with all of these shots. Um, polio was actually a, a, vi- a gastrointestinal virus that was made in what was happening with the uh, the paralysis was from a pesticide from DDT. We also we know that and even this we have been led to believe this is a multi-generational indoctrination, Tanya. I mean, the polio, the height of the polio epidemic, if you could call it that, was in 1953. So we're 70 years into this two generations now and still young people today in their 20s who are having families and having babies. That's the first thing they say is, well, what about polio? We did a great job of indoctrinating them to bring their children in to be injected with foreign matter out of the fear of polio. When actually the real numbers that actually come from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, they publish a book every couple of years. It's called the Pink Book, and it goes through each one of the childhood illnesses. It goes through each one of the childhood vaccinations. And the numbers actually say that the number of people that were exposed to the polio virus, which, by the way, has been eliminated from the Western Hemisphere since 1994. We're still giving our children three to four injections of a, of, a, of, a, of a vaccine to protect from a virus that literally doesn't exist. In 2022, there were only 28 cases of polio reported in the entire world And most of them were in war-torn, impoverished countries, and it was identified in the stool, in the sewage. And when they actually analyzed the polio virus, it was a virus that came from the oral polio vaccine, not wild polio. So we're injecting our children with four and five doses to protect against a virus that doesn't even exist in the entire Western Hemisphere, hasn't since 1994, and back in the day, with the height of the polio epidemic, when they were with the March of Dimes and all these different things, 98%, 98% of children and adults that were exposed to that enterovirus referred to as polio, it's a polio virus, 98% had no illness whatsoever. It just passed through as a gastrointestinal. People thought they had like food poisoning or they ate something bad or something like that. And then they had a lifetime of immunity. Only 2% of people who were exposed had any more serious illness. And only 2% of that 2% ended up with paralysis. So 0.004% of people who were exposed. But we still see every time we talk about polio, we see pictures of iron lungs. We see pictures of kids in bassinets that that are little mini iron lungs. That was a polio unit. We see kids in braces. We have used those visual effects for more than 70 years to continue to get parents to be fearful of a virus that doesn't even exist in Western Hemisphere and was primarily the symptoms were primarily caused by a pesticide. Yeah, it, it it has been a grand deception, and and they've run their course though. And I'm hoping and praying that this will, this it will come to an end. The more that we can get the word out, and I just find it so important, um, you know, to address specifically this issue today, uh, because uh, I have a, a daughter-in-law, and she works as an EA, and of course she's seen the effects of autism, and 
you know, when you talk about one in 31 children, you are playing Russian roulette with your kids, with with your precious babies, when you are going in and and allowing them to put that uh, vaccine into their arm, that toxic chemical, that toxic ingredient into your child's arm. And, uh, you know, to hear the truth and the facts, if we go back, you know, there's this big eradicate, they're, they're actually starting to promote it again, the UN and the WHO eradicate polio and um, it was three countries the Congo and two others where there was zero polio but it was only after them going in and, and eradicating it with this vaccine that there was a rise of polio again and then um, if many people don't know about uh, what happened was it in India or Africa <laughs> with the 490,000 children people that were uh, paralyzed because of the polio vaccine uh, that Bill Gates had developed. Yeah, it was, um, well, two parts of that. Part of it was Africa, because they do these things called National Immunization Days, which mm -hmm. they, use the, they use the oral polio vaccine, which is the little drop. You'll see the pictures of them squirting the, the liquid underneath their tongue. Um, it, that's a live virus that we stopped using in the United States, and I'm assuming in Canada, somewhere around the same time, in about 2001 and 2002, because the only people that were coming down with any issues with paralysis were people who were exposed to the wild virus inside of the oral polio shot. So we went to the injectable polio shot. So when they would have these national immunization days, they will inject, they will give polio and pro probably a tetanus shot to 400,000 or more children. They just march across the country. They get all these mm -hmm. well-meaning, um, um, volunteers who think they're doing great things for humanity and they go and inject all of these kids. And then there's never any follow up. It's never like a month later do they walk across the country in the same paths and go, wonder how many kids died, how many kids have autism, how many kids have now have asthma, how many kids had seizures, how many kids had, there's never any follow-up to that. And when I was talking about India, India uh, went through a, a period, this was maybe 2012, when they were declared by the World Health Organization to be polio free. They'd had all of these polio things, all of these things that had gone on. And then what started happening is they started seeing kids, thousands, 50,000 or more kids developed something called non-polio non, um, uh, non acute flaccid paralysis, which means they were having paralysis in their limbs that we would have equated by pictures to polio, but it wasn't caused by polio. It was caused by a pesticide or it was caused by some other bacteria. I'm sorry, some other virus, because there's at least seven or eight other viruses that can cause flaccid paralysis, which means just a limp limb that you can't do anything with. And they, in the first year after India was declared polio free, no more wild polio anywhere because they had all of these oral polio vaccination campaigns in the first year, there were 50,000 children who had acute flaccid paralysis by something else more than ever was caused by the polio virus. And this acute flaccid paralysis, acute flaccid paralysis uh, is more deadly and more permanent than any of the transient types of paralysis that they saw with the wild polio viruses. So the cure is much worse than the disease. It's, it is so shocking, and, and I really want our viewers to absorb what Dr. Tenpenny is saying. Um, 
we're trying to provide you information, but it's up to you. I mean, these are your, these are your children. These are our communities. These are our families that we're talking about right now. And within many of the third world countries as well, they go in there and they experiment on those people with whatever vaccine, you know, that, uh, that they have coming up next. And with the uh, childhood immunization, is there, is there other than money, and possibly, like, I can't understand why they would want to provide products that cause so much injury. The pharmaceutical companies are immune from it, but it's one thing with the COVID jab. Many people believe, and we're seeing it, that it's to uh, decrease the world population. But with our children, giving like when you get autism, that child is disabled. They do not function at a high level. There's a lot of funding that needs to go into the care of these children. And I just don't understand the purpose of it. You know, it's one thing to want to decrease and kill people, but another thing to have a society filled with disabled um, individuals. So well, remember that you... auti- autism mm-hmm. is at the, if you think about vaccine injury, autism is at the far end. There's a whole lot of other things in terms of injury. Autism is a, is one of the worst case scenarios, second only to death itself. Of kids mm-hmm. that die from the shots. There's one step back from that. But in but what happens is that you know in 2010, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation declared 2010 to to 2020 the decade of vaccines. And that's when they were determined to give every child. Um, there's an organization in the U.S. called Every Child by Two, meaning that they need to get multiple doses of 10 vaccines by the time they're two years of age. And the decade of vaccines was to make sure that this really happened. And why does this happen? It's because of the side effects, short of autism that's clear out here or death, are asthma, allergies, eczema, ADD, ADHD, insulin-dependent diabetes, all kinds of bowel diseases, all kinds of neurological complications, um, seizure disorders, mental disabilities, um, uh, and then um, insulin-dependent diabetes, cancer, 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 cancer. It's to make children are nothing more than a product to them. And it's, yes, about the money, but more than just the money on, of itself on the front end, it's to make them be a customer for life. Yeah. So if you get these children chronically ill by the time they're two to three years of age, insulin-dependent diabetes, um, ADD, ADHD, heart disease, liver conditions, renal failure, all of these things, then their parents will do anything to make to try to get them better which the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry really has no intent of getting you better. It's they are there. The doctors are there to manage your disease, Mm -hmm. not to get you well and get you off of those drugs. It's to manage your disease and manage your drugs. And the more side effects you have from the drugs you're on, the more drugs that you get. So the idea from the pharmaceutical industry perspective was, well, instead of just now we've got customers that are 40, 50 and 60 years old that need blood pressure medications and maybe surgeries and stuff like that. Let's start young. Let's start capturing these children at one or two years of age and make them break their immune systems, crush them so that they will always be a customer for life for one of our products. That is the goal. 
And, you know, it's, I hope everybody is really hearing, you know, what's, what's being said right now. I mean, this is not about health. This is not about improving health. Uh, this is a scam. Uh, it, it is so criminal and diabolical. I uh, hardly have words for it. Jail, life in prison would be too good for these people. And, and, 100%. uh, you know, at one day justice is coming. Uh, you know, there's a lot of us who are pursuing that. Uh, Bonnie Henry, our health officer, actually has worked with Bill Gates in, in, um, injecting these children in third world countries. And she's been at the, uh, front you know, of this assault against uh, Canadians, along with our Dr. Tam, uh, the the federal uh, health official. And, and so these people are not strangers to what's going on. It's not like they're naive. They know exactly what they're doing. And when children reach the age of um, 18 and they've had all of their shots, they then start campaigning on them to get the adult shots, the flu shots. And society, I believe the stat was around 10% of society were not vaxxed. And of course, they wanted to get that. uh, I think it was 10%. They wanted to get it to 0%. And over COVID, pushing the vax, trying to give the impression, uh, again, that they had society's best and their health, um, you know, at the heart of all of this. But instead, that vaccine hesitancy is growing. And I'm just so happy about it. And uh, the more information we get out. So when I said cradle to grave, this also includes the adults. They're now targeting um, individuals who never got vaccines in their childhood. Uh, They're now trying to target them and tell them they should, uh, you know, be be vaccinated. Uh, There's shingles vaccinations, the flu shot, and one other shot that I'm just becoming aware of is the tetanus shot. You know, you go step on that rusty nail and they tell you, well, you better go and get a tetanus shot. And and I, this is one that, you know, is so common for people to say, oh, I'm going, I've got to go to the doctors and get a tetanus shot. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's another one of those deeply ingrained indoctrination things we have, right? That anytime you get a cut, you better get a tetanus shot. I mean, I, you know, I used to be an emergency medicine physician. Like I said, I was a board certified emergency medicine doc. I was level, I was the director of a level two trauma center for 12 years. And it was just amazing to me how many people you would see come in to get their tetanus shot when they cut their finger on a knife while washing dishes. <laughs> so they were in warm, soapy water you know, where is tetanus going to be in there? But boy, they cut themselves. They better go get a tetanus shot. I mean, it's, you know, it's a knee jerk reflex. And, mm-hmm. and tetanus is an anaerobic spore that is in dirt. Not every single particle of dirt, though, has that spore. It's, and um, the spore has to get into your, into your body, into your, like your finger or your foot. It has to be deeply embedded and then it has to germinate to cause what we would call and it releases something called tetanospasmin, which is a neurolog- It's a neurotoxin. It's one of the most um, uh, potent neurotoxins in nature. And it causes you to have a spasms of your muscles. And that's where the whole idea of tetanus being called lockjaw, because you would bite down really hard because you get these spasms in your muscles in your face. Well, first and foremost, for people to realize this, number one, it takes a long time from cut on your finger to develop tetanus if you're going to get it. It takes weeks. 
weeks. So there's no reason to like drop everything in the world and get in your car and drive, you know, a hundred miles an hour to the emergency room, go screeching into the parking lot and running into the ER so that you can get your tetanus shot because you're going to get tetanus like in the next five minutes. It doesn't work that way. If you've got an opportunity to really clean out that wound, if it's in your finger, I can remember when I was a kid, I grew up on a, my dad was a chiropractor, but we grew up on a farm. And I can remember plenty of times my dad coming in from the barn that he had whacked open something on his hand and he he would run to the kitchen sink and he would turn on the water and he would say, he would squeeze his finger and he would stand there and say, make it bleed, make it bleed, make it bleed (laughs) with the water rushing over it because the blood from the inside would be pushing out any particulate matter that may have gotten in there with the cut. And it it would be bringing in good healing white blood cells into the wound while he's holding his hand, his finger underneath running water that is washing it out. But instead, what do we do? Oh, it's blood. Cover it up. Don't look at it. Don't see it. You know, smash it shut. It's just the opposite of what we should do yeah. because we've been trained to do that. And, and here's, another, there was, here's the third part is that in 2016, there was a really well done paper that came out that said, if you've had two tetanus shots somewhere in your life, and most of the time people have had at least three because there's three tetanus shots in the pediatric schedule. So if you've had at least two somewhere in your life, those antibodies, those they call them protective antibodies, which is another whole topic, but they have protective antibodies for a minimum of 60, 60, a minimum of 60 years. So all this routine stuff of every time you get a cut, you need to get a tetanus shot, or it's been 10 years, you need to go in and get another tetanus shot. When nobody draws a blood test to see whether or not you need it, they could draw a blood level and order something called a titer test to see the level of antibodies in your blood to know whether or not you need any more tetanus shots. And hypertetanus, giving too many tetanus shots, there's a syndrome that, that goes along with that that can cause arrhythmias and can cause high blood pressure and a long mm. list of neurological conditions. So it's just a knee-jerk reflex thing that somebody set up and went, yeah, 10 years sounds good. Let's give one of these every 10 years, whether you need it or not. Or not. You know, this this would be a good time to bring to people's uh, attention as well uh, about your dogs and your cats, because they're doing the same thing in the veterinary world, is that, you know, they want your animal to come in and get its yearly shot, but you are in the same scenario, you are creating a, a toxic vessel. If you went and had a titer test done on, on, on your pup, you will find out that you do not need to uh, yearly vaccinate. Um, my sister has done a, a deep uh, amount of research on this and that all they need as a pup is their first shot and they're good to go. And uh, the rabies shot as well. Uh, many dogs, I had one dog I years ago, 20 years ago, and I thought I was doing the right thing. And it ended up uh, becoming, uh, I, I, you know, it had this little bit of a vicious streak in in him after that. And I dealt with that for seven years. So uh, you know what, pay attention, uh, do some research. If, if you've got animals and you love them, stop vaccinating them, stop feeding this money train with your vet, you know, go in and, and see your vet when you need to. But with the tetanus back you know, to I, that, I wanted, I, to, I wanted to look over, okay. I, wanted to just, I was looking over at the side, I got a screen over here. And okay. I was looking at my calendar, because just a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at when it aired it just aired um, on um, last Monday. Uh, We did an interview with Dr. Will Faulkner 
who, who um, a fal- falconer, F-A-L-C-O-N-E-R, who's a holistic veterinarian. And he oh. only does homeopathy for, and, and for years. He has a really interesting story. And we did an interview with him. It was aired on um, March the twenty, uh, March the twentieth. That's what I was looking for the date. Um, and he, we, and one of the things that I talked to him about in that interview, the two main things we talked for a whole hour, and then we did a deep dive interview with him for our just our premium podcast members, which he told his whole life story, which was so interesting. But two of the most the, the main things that we talked about in that interview for your listeners who want to go back and listen to that, we talked about dog food and cat food, like the the crappy Mm -hmm. stuff that we feed our animals. It's just like feeding your kids McDonald's every single day. You know, if you're feeding, you know, them really bad dog food. And we talked about preservatives. Then we talked about the rabies shot. And we talked about, uh, you know, how inconsequential it is and how most animals really do not ever need a rabies shot, especially when you've got an animal that's like a dog or a cat that's purely an inside animal. They just go outside to do their business and that's it. And if they're a little little puppy and you can look uh, in your area, how many reported cases of rabies there's been in the last five years. I mean, again, it's like vaccinating against a virus that doesn't exist. It's like with polio, exactly. vaccinating against a virus that doesn't exist. And yet we give these, and, and the rabies vaccines are, are the worst. They're the mm-hmm. worst, most toxic. They have three different known carcinogens in them. And, and so many animals end up with, with what looks like rabies because it's a live virus shot. So they end up mm-hmm. hypersalivating. They end up very aggressive. They end up with seizures. They end up very, very sick. So I'm glad right. you brought that up, Tanya. And it's um it's a real it was a really great interview. And for those of you who are interested in becoming a premium podcast member that we that we have, um, you can go to drtenpenny.com and there's a tab that says podcasts. And the because our they stay live for a week and then they go into our into our area for our podcast members, and um, that just supports helps to support us. People always say, "What can we do to support you, Doctor T?" Well, becoming a podcast member would be great. And we have four different levels of podcasts for every budget and every time frame, you know, things like that. So, um, but that interview was so good, and he actually gave us a free a PowerPoint presentation and a couple of free links that went along with that to tell people where they could find a holistic homeopathic vet in their area and that many of them do telemedicine so they can so you don't actually have to see someone in your area you could actually do a telemedicine consultation about your animal um, by a homeopathic holistic veterinarian Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad that we brought this up as well, because, you know, people can save themselves a lot of money, not uh, going to the vet every year, but you're going to have a healthier, happier uh, pet. And, uh, you know, as a pet lover myself, once my sister started showing me the research, that's all I needed. And plus, I, I had two dogs that had severe reactions after their second shot. And I'm just like, mm, you know what, this just doesn't seem right. One little pup, her whole face started to swell up. And literally, I I thought I was going to lose her and my sister and I were praying over her because she was so precious, right? But this is what these scoundrels are doing. And uh, the rabies shot is just horrible. And in Canada, we cannot go to the U.S. And, uh, with our dog unless they have a rabies shot. And and so people are forced, you know, to do this and uh, cause harm when rabies is is not even an issue. What do do we call it? A COVID vaccine? I don't know even anymore. <laughs> um, but anyways, Doctor Sherry, we, we is there... don't we don't we don't call it a vaccine because it's not. 
No, it's a it's a gene therapy bioweapon. So we always refer to it as the jab because that's yeah. what it is or just the shot because it is definitely not a vaccine. The COVID-19 stuff is not a vaccine. It doesn't keep you from getting sick. It doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't lower the hospitalization rate and it actually harms you. And now we're seeing massive amounts of people dying from the shot. So we can literally say it actually also kills people. Oh, 100%. Uh, when you mentioned bioweapon, I think that's something uh, that people more and more are going to become familiar with and willing to say out loud and that this is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, when you start seeing all these athletes drop and die, we've had uh, 29 reported children in Canada who have died directly related to the jab. And wasn't it years ago, I, I'm trying to remember the name of the doctor who had said that if you had, uh, and say, a new medication or um, a, a vaccine at that point, that's how they referred to it, had come out and it had caused uh, 50 deaths, they pulled it from the shelf. You would have seen commercials on television. And, and here yeah. we have hundreds of thousands uh, of deaths. Millions but of deaths. Millions. Okay. Yeah, you know, and because they, well, you know, it was somebody that was 80 years old or 72 years old in a care home, or you know what, they were struggling with cancer. Uh, they'd had cancer 20 years ago, and repeatedly they were recommended that they needed to take the jab and the boosters, and oh, wouldn't you know that they had passed away, and that these uh, pharmaceutical companies have zero liability. They're completely protected. And I think any I think what we need to do once we get good people elected, and that's really a key to the campaigns that Action for Canada is having, is uh, building these chapters nationwide so that we can take back our communities, one community at a time or a dozen at a time. We're having really good, uh, we're making very good progress uh, working towards that, but we need to completely you overturn are, You're doing it. amazing work. Amazing Thank you. work. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. we've had... We're having so much success right now as well. Um, the other side is saying that uh, we're the largest national uh, Christian nationalist Christian nationalist organization the in Canada and they're concerned um, in the LGBTQ group that uh, you know that we're going to eliminate their agenda and, and you bet we are you you've overstepped they've come too far you you take your hands off our kids what you do in your own bedroom you just need to keep in your own bedroom but on other levels as we work towards bringing all of this awareness right that means that these massive industries that have had such a foothold are going to come crashing down and the pharmaceutical industry is one of them and that these individuals will need to be held personally liable i believe that uh we're working towards that and um i'm 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 excited to see the day you know that uh we overturn this and that only drugs that they can stand behind will make it to market i i think that's going to severely limit, you know, the pharmaceutical medications that are out there. And, and, you know, you said something and I picked that up is that, um, I have a, I, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder over 20 years ago and it was sort of an undiagnosed and I've chosen to manage my health, uh, naturally. And they wanted to pump me through with these drugs. And I was like looking at the side effects and I'm thinking, I'm not taking this. And thank God I didn't, right? Because I've seen other people who have. And 
exactly what you said. They started on other drugs and other drugs and these side effects. And, and they've ended up again, one of these toxic vessels walking around with uh, severe health problems. And I've been able to, uh, you know, manage to function and uh, do a whole lot better than had I, uh, you know, capitulated. And I love my doctor. She's a very kindly person, but uh, she's just either not doing her homework, willfully blind, or just completely ignorant of what uh, she's actually participating in. And I would say all three of those things, mm -hmm. willfully blind, doesn't want to know because if she knew she'd have to do something different and she doesn't know what that thing would be. Mm -hmm. And don't confuse personality with performance. You can love mm -hmm. your doctor as a human being. They can be lovely. They can be a Christian. They can go to your church. Yeah, they can go to your rec center that you could play basketball with them. You, you hope that they, you know, if you have a young doctor, you hope that they'll marry one of your kids someday. That's personality. You can love them as a person and love their personality. But what they're not doing for you or what they are doing to you is performance. And whether you should just stay with a particular doctor or not should be based on their performance. Imagine that you disliked her. Imagine mm -hmm. that you just did. She was toxic, caustic, con condescended to you, wasn't very nice to you, was kind of rude to you. What would, what would you say then? Mm -hmm. Would you stay around because you thought that she, because she thought she was just lovely and you would, mm -hmm. you would analyze what they were recommending to you more strongly because they, you, they didn't have this facade of nice, mm -hmm. you know, and well, so I'm a, just telling your listeners, it's really important to evaluate your medical caregivers based on their performance, what they're doing right. to you, what they're recommending, you know, could they get you off the drugs instead of putting you on more drugs? And the only thing that's going to change the pharmaceutical industry is to just say, no, they've got mm -hmm. too much money, too much power. They're never going to one day just go, Oh, that was wrong. We need to stop being so focused on money. It's never going to well, happen. It's exactly it's right. And driven to stay away from them. Yeah. And I, I personally haven't even gone to see my doctor in years because of this and because she was promoting the COVID jabs and my mom and I see her and mom will go and, oh, I'm going to have blood tests. And I'm like, why? They're, they're not going to tell you what the truth. So we have, um, another doctor who is very aware and, mm -hmm. um, who gives the proper medical advice and oversight. Um, I want to just go uh, and go back and talk about, you had mentioned with the childhood vaccines and how much I think in, in milligrams, I, I, I'm not sure how you had measured that, the aluminum that child were, children were receiving. And I can remember the World Health Organization having a massive meeting. I mean, there must have been a thousand people in the, in the room for this meeting. And one of the doctors, they didn't know they were being recorded, mentioned the aluminum and the damage that that causes and the side effects. So can you briefly talk about that? And then what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about some remedies. All right. I, I hate scaring the bejeebers out of people and saying, yes, okay, we know there's a problem. What can we do about this? How can we reverse some of the side effects that we're seeing in children? Is there help for children who have autism, autoimmune, psoriasis, um, uh, ADHD? Is there solutions to this, Dr. Sherry? 
Well, the aluminum, and what I did was I just made a list of all the vaccines and off the package insert, put it into a table like a spreadsheet and just listed all the vaccines and then all the ingredients across the top and under the aluminum column, just added up the amount of aluminum that was in each one of the shots and then take it times the number of shots that they're given. So if there's, um, you know, I'm just going to say a hundred, a hundred micrograms and you get that shot five times. Well, that's 500 micrograms of aluminum that you're going to get. And it turned out to be, it's like 12,900 micrograms, which is almost 13 milligrams, you know, and, and, um, that doesn't mean as much to Americans because we're not on the metric system, but Canadians would really understand how much that is. And aluminum is a neurotoxin. It crosses the blood brain barrier. It causes, uh, 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 it contributes to, I, I can't say causal, but it contributes to Alzheimer's, dementia, ADD, ADHD. It probably has an element that it also contributes to, like the mercury contributes to, to autism. Um, so it's, and it's a very, very toxic to your kidneys. And in terms of solutions, you know, it's everybody, everybody's fixated on this word now detox. You know, I do a, a Tuesday morning, it's called coffee with Dr. T and it's a live event on Tuesday morning. It's just a zoom. It's just an open forum question and answer. And so this, so on our most recent one on Tuesday, I think five people ask, how do I detox? I mean, people are really fixated on that right now because many of them are realizing that the environmental chemicals that they're being exposed to, they need to get it out of their body. Um, they need to uh, be ex uh, in all of these COVID shots. You know, uh, they made a mistake. The people that are kind of waking up and going, wow, I, I, I thankfully I only had one of those. How do I detox? How do I get it out of my body? Well, for one thing, once you, in, you know, I've been saying this for 23 years that I've been talking about problems with vaccines. Once you vaccinate, you can't unvaccinate. You just can't. Mm -hmm. You can get some of the stuff out of your system and get a little bit healthier, but it doesn't return you to baseline. And that's particularly true with the COVID jabs. But things that you can do to get some of the aluminum out, I mean, there are some natural chelators. I mean, things chelate, a chelator is something that takes out heavy metals. I mean, uh, uh, cilantro uh, is a that you can get at the health food store, or you can actually eat it. Cilantro is a known very good chelator that takes out aluminum, um, mercury, cadmium, um, arsenic, other types of environmental heavy metals. Um, garlic is also a very very good chelator. It helps to get things out. MSM. Uh, which it's which MSM, it's an elemental sulfur. So it's kind of like the sulfur that's in your eggs. And yes, if you're allergic to sulfa drugs, you can take MSM um, because an MSM helps to chelate out uh, because it increases the amount of glutathione in your system. So those are some natural chelators. And we promote on our website a product that's called, um, that's from a company called Touchstone. That's a spray, that's a zeolite spray. That's a huge chelator. I mean, it grabs hold of every heavy metal, every toxic. It's called uh, persistent organic pollutants. It grabs hold of that. Um, it's safe to take if you're pregnant. You can give it to, if you're nursing, you can give it to your animals to get toxicities out of your animals. Um, and it's a spray. And it's, and if you go to our website, when you go, it, it, there's a bottle there. It's, um, it says, it says pure body extra. And it's it actually a spray. It's underneath the shop tab. And if your first, um, your first bottle of that, and yes, they do ship to Canada, 
your first bottle, you if you go to our tab there, uh, I think it says uh, the third one down. It's a zeolite metal detox, and then oh, right over to the side where it says metal detox, or right underneath, uh, it says eighty two percent off. Or you can get the zeolite spray plus the uh, fulvic minerals that helps to chelate the stuff out of your gut, and you get eighty two percent off. And so that's if you just get, you can go underneath the shop tab. And when you click on the, at the top over there, where it says buy zeolite detox. If you go to that tab, it has lots of videos, lots of instruction, lots of uh, background science about how these, these products have been tested scientifically to get that out of your body. So we really believe that the zeolite spray and the fulvic mineral liquid drops are two of the best things that you can use to get out of your system. And people will say things to me, Tanya, things like, how long do I have to take this stuff? It's like, well, when you find the place on the planet, that's a non-toxic place where you can go and live and not have chemtrails flying over you and not have polluted water and polluted air, then I suppose you can stop taking it. So it's just a natural kind of chelating thing that you can take for a really long time. And you can get it at on drtempetty.com underneath the shop tab for zeolite and for the fulvic minerals. They actually have a combination. If you get the two of them together, you get you get a bigger discount. And so it's really, okay. really good stuff. And, and then the cilantro, um, garlic, um, all of those, th- both of those things are natural things that you can get from your local health food store to help get rid of the stuff out of your system. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And um, this uh, people know will know this is a pre-record, and we'll be sure that when we uh, launch this uh, program in the description, we'll include uh, many of these links that you've mentioned. And when you were just talking about the chemtrails, again, you know, it's a conspiracy theory. Many people would say, but there's a gal named. Um, Kristen Megan, and she's just a recent whistleblower, I believe, from the military in the United States, because uh, she was uh, witness to the fact that there were these toxic chemicals that they were putting in planes, and so she couldn't believe it. So then she started to test the chemicals, she started to test the air and the ground, and she 100% had gone to her... um, uh, her her supervisor, and he said, you know, you're not looking too well. Maybe you're not feeling too well. Maybe you should go to a psychologist and that we could arrange that for, Uh-oh, you know, wow. for, for 90 days. And so she knew instantly, and she was a, she's a single mom. I, it'll probably, I, I've got to look a little bit more into that, but she was 100% um, exposing, you know, that this is going on. So I'm sure people will hear more about that. I sent it to a reporter at the Epoch Times, uh, a gentleman that I know. I said, you know, can you look into this? Do a story on it, because people want to snub anyone that talks about the potential of uh, the chemtrails and that there are... Uh, chemicals that they actually are uh, putting into the atmosphere as to, I mean, you know, these individuals behind this, they have to live in this environment as well. It just doesn't make sense to me, Dr. Tenpenny, you know, with what they're doing. But these are crazy lunatics. I keep saying we need to bring out the white jackets and lock them all up because... Lock uh, them up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. We could start doing a chant right now together. Um, So, well, that's that's just been uh, amazing. I'm... I'm just so happy that you've been on the program. Is there anything else that you would like to uh, mention or let our viewers know? 
Um, really just the, you know, if you go to the, our website, the, it's very dense with information. You can find out things about the, the seven different podcasts that I do every week when the schedule is, you know, we'd be grateful if you become a member, you know, if you can look at all the different things we have there. And I, you know, I'm always encouraging people to just go spend some time on our site and just look at the graphics. I mean, honestly, Diane does the most incredible assets, the most incredible uh, graphics for things that she does that just, I told her last night, I said, I'm going to take all of your graphics and make and make a magazine out of them because they're just so beautiful. She's just an incredible designer. And so and if you while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter. We have it comes out, I believe, twice a week, Mondays and Fridays. On Fridays, we have a, a thing that's called Friday Favorites, where we have just like two or three products. Um, two or th- they're right there in the left there. That's the schedule on the front on our homepage. That's that green box. That's the schedule mm-hmm. of where uh, what our um podcast schedule is on Fridays. We have Friday favorites. So we get like special discounts. Everybody that's a premium podcast member, there's four different uh, tiers there. Um, so that they premium podcast members get deep discounts on everything we do, including the webinars and they get lifetime access to a lot of things. So we do our best because we really, really are grateful for the support that people give us. We do our best to give back in equal amounts because I, I use this expression. I say it a lot that, you know, they say this expression where they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to run my operation. I mean, there's lots of things going on. And that's just one of my several companies of what we're doing. So um, we really appreciate your support. We appreciate your prayers. You know, if you really want to pray something specific for Dr. Tenpenny, pray for stamina (laughs) because I run on fumes a lot. Pray for some stamina and that, um, you know, things will continue to move forward and go well as we try to do great things for humanity in this next year. Thank you. And and you really are. And that's why I was so excited. It took a long time to get you on the show. You're such a busy lady. And uh, we're so grateful that you spent this time with us today. I feel that this is going to be very valuable information for our viewers, and I'm sure it's going to go viral. So thank you. Love you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you so much, Tanya. God bless. You too. All right. Wow. Wasn't that an amazing interview? I'm really going to encourage you. We're going to be uploading uh, the video of this interview tomorrow. So please make sure that you check the Empower Hour page and share, share, share. Um, Share with all the parents that you know, all the young parents, all the up and comings. And let's get this information out there. And be sure If you want more information on holistic and natural uh, uh, healings um, and how to be well and get well, go and check out Dr. Tenpenny's page. All right, terrific. All right, Trenzio, can you bring up the image for next week's guest? So next week we have uh, Tom Harris uh, joining us again, and we are going to be talking more about climate change and um, even the effect of what they're teaching our children in the schools. You know how we're uh, addressing the Marxist agenda, and that includes this radical LGBTQ agenda. It includes the climate change problem 
propaganda, as well as the critical race theory. And we're hoping that as we're pulling down this um, LGBTQ agenda and exposing and bringing awareness, we want that eradicated from the schools. And at the same time, we hope to see a collapse in um, all of the rest of it, including the climate change. So we're going to talk about what's happening within our schools with climate change. We're going to talk about the 15-minute cities, and I think it's going to be a really great show. All right, super. And Trenzio, could you bring the Bible verse up? All right. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So that's a short and sweet message uh, tonight. I thought it was very timely as we talk about health. I pray that the Lord would give you good health. I pray that he would bless you. And I just thank you for joining us tonight. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you and God bless Canada. <music>